us to. He's called us to go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. That's why our mission statement here uh, at AFA is love God, love people, and share Christ. Right? Share Christ. That is what we are called to do. Uh, the great commission that he has given us, that is our mission, that is our goal uh, to tell this world about Jesus. And we keep putting this stat out there, uh, but week after week we need a reminder that there are 3.4 billion 3.4 billion people, almost half of the world's population, who has not had an adequate presentation of the gospel, who has not heard the name of Jesus. 3.4 billion. We've got some work to do if we want to go into all the world and preach the good news. So I'm thankful that, that we can play a part in that, whether it's through going ourselves, whether it's through giving, or going on short-term missions trips, praying for our, our missionaries. We've always got uh, a missionary update in your bulletin, so be sure to take that home. Be praying for uh, this week, the Waldners, on top of uh, Steve and, and Linda. And, and let's just be, be praying that God would do incredible things, that God would send more uh, laborers into the harvest field, uh, more people out there. So that's what we're talking. We're talking about mission. We're looking at Jesus' mission. Why did he come to this earth? Why did he come to this planet? Why did he have to die? Why did he rise again? And so we're looking at uh, his words out of Luke chapter 4. Again, to set the scene, he walks into the synagogue one day, and he's handed the scroll of Isaiah. And so he goes through, and he specifically finds a spot in the book of Isaiah, in the scroll of Isaiah. Uh, today, we've labeled it. There's 66 chapters in Isaiah. It is not a short book. It's a long one. Uh, so he intentionally goes all the way down to chapter 61. All right? He has to get quite a ways down there, scroll quite a ways down there. And he reads these words in Luke 4, verse 18. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So I believe this was kind of Jesus's mission statement. This is what he came to do. Uh, we've looked at the, uh, the first three parts. The first one to be to proclaim good news to the poor, to let everyone know that there's good news out there. The second thing we looked at was to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to let those who are know that they are held captive in this world, that they can have freedom through Jesus. Uh, the third thing was to set at liberty those who are oppressed, right? Those who have suffered, those who are hurting by calamities and catastrophes in our world, that there is hope, that there is freedom. And this week, we're going to look at the fourth part of Jesus's mission, which was to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the year of the Lord's favor. How many of you want some favor from God, right? I think we're all kind of searching after God's favor, this idea of favor uh, means the you know, special treatment from a person of influence, a person who has many resources. You know, they just kind of, you know, they like you or they, they like the mission that you've got and, and so they, they bless you with something. You know, we were looking for favor. Uh, Steve and Linda, they mentioned uh, they were looking for favor with government officials to get visas, to get passport, you know, just praying, God, we could use some favor in this moment. You know, how can, how can we get in? It's been three and a half years. How do we get back into where you've called us to? We need favor with the government officials. Uh, some of you are praying for favor, so you, you pick just the right time to walk into your boss's office and ask for those vacation days, right? You got to land on a time when they're in a good mood so, uh, so you can get the days off that you want. Uh, 
some of you, you know, every, I don't know, April, if you put it off that long, you know, you're praying for favor when you do those taxes. You know, Lord, please let my taxes be in the green refund button this year and not the red I owe and have to pay in. Uh, you know, we're, we're praying for favor. The police officer pulls you over. In that moment, you're praying, Lord, I need some favor right now. Can I please get a warning and, and not a ticket today and have favor with the police officer? Uh, I experienced favor the other day. Walked into a gas station and uh, got a slushy. right? It's a good snack. Uh, so I got slushy. I go up, and I must have timed it perfectly. You know, God just aligned things. Go up to the cash register, and the guy was just switching in, switching shifts, getting the cash register stepped up. He looked at me. He's like, is that it? Like, yep, just a slushy. All right, you're good. You know, head out. It's like, oh, sweet. Saved $1.75 today. Thank you, God. This is some favor. Uh, you know, we all want some favor in our lives. Looking around today, the fact that you are sitting in that pew today, the fact that you can hear me today means that you've experienced some, God, some of God's favor in your life. I mean, think about it. I mean, many of you probably can go back to a time in your life where you thought, I shouldn't have made it through that. I should have died in that car accident. I, should have, I, I shouldn't have made it through that surgery. I, I shouldn't have made it out of the hospital. But, but by the grace of God, by God's favor, you are here today. He, he's brought you through. He, he's brought us through. Uh, maybe you can look at your family and, and you just see, God, I, I don't deserve this. Like you've, you've given me so much favor to, to have these blessings. They're not great all the time, but Lord, you've surrounded me with people. Uh, you know, you've given me a family and, and, and God's given us favor. Maybe you look at the, the job that you have or the business that you run and you just see, if you look back on it, that, that God has given you favor, that he's, he's set you up, that he's elevated, maybe given you a raise that you never thought you deserved or earned, but yet by God's favor, he's made it happen. So think of all the ways that you've experienced God's favor today. Because that's what we're talking about. How do we get God's favor? How, do we, how can we get more of God's favor in our lives? How can we get more of God's favor in our families, in our homes, in our businesses? And, and that's what we're looking at because Jesus said he came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He says this is the year of the Lord's favor. What does that mean? Right? What does that mean? So that's what we're going to journey on today to figure out what it means, the year of the Lord's favor, what he was really declaring. So if you look at that, he was referencing Isaiah, right? He was reading from Isaiah, who was talking about the year of the Lord's favor. And Isaiah was referencing uh, Leviticus chapter 25. So if you've got your Bibles, open them up to Leviticus chapter 25, just a couple books into it. And uh, it's talking about, at that time, it was called the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee. And, and so Leviticus chapter 25, Leviticus is a, is a book all about the tribe of Levi. And uh, the tribe of Levi were designated as the priests in Israel. That was their job to take care of the tabernacle, to take care of the temple, uh, to offer sacrifices, all of these different things. And so these were commands that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. Remember, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments up on Mount Sinai, but he also gave him a lot of other commandments. He gave him a lot of other instructions. So in here you'll find you know, instructions for the tabernacle, the, the, the temple to come, uh, different sacrifices they were to offer, uh, holidays and celebrations, all these different things and routines and, and seasons that the Israelites were supposed to follow. 
So Leviticus 25, we're going to learn about the year of Jubilee. But before we do that, let me explain the beginning of the chapter, because I think we've got to understand that first. It talks about Sabbath years. All right, so let me explain Sabbath years to you for just a second. It's an interesting concept. It'd be a, interesting if we practice that today. But what God told Moses, what he told the Israelites, is that for six years, you're supposed to work the fields and harvest. But on the seventh year, don't plant anything. Don't harvest anything. Don't do anything. Just kind of shut it down. And you have to trust me that you're going to have enough in year seven, uh, that, that enough is just going to naturally sprout up and grow, that you're going to have enough from harvest number six to see you through. It was a test of trust. Can you imagine if today God asked you, hey, I want you to work for six years, but on the seventh year, just take it off, right? Or farmers out there, hey, don't plant every seven years. You know, just, just trust that God's going to have enough. So every six years, one, two, three, four, five, six, and the seventh year, shut it down. It's a Sabbath year. Uh, obviously, that's relating to, we, we know the Sabbath day. Right? Jesus created, or God created the world in seven days. Uh, in six days he created, on the seventh day he rested. It wasn't because he needed to rest, but to show us the example that we need rest. And, and so the same is true today. He asked us, hey, take that Sabbath day, take that one day off that you can designate holy to God, where, uh, that, that you're not working, that you can relax a little bit, this idea of the Sabbath. And so that's the concept that he's talking about here is, hey, do you trust me? Do you trust me enough, you know, not to work on that one day a week? Because often we're tempted. We're thinking, man, if I, just, if I just worked on that seventh day, I could make more money. I could have more. I could get ahead on my work. I could do all these things. But God says, trust me. Take that, take that seventh day off. And the same thing's happening here. He's telling the Israelites, do you trust me? Do you trust me enough to take an entire year off of planting the fields? allowing them to replenish, to refresh, and jump back in year eight. You can plan them again. And so that's what he asks them to do. It's a test of trust. But the nice thing about this is he also promised a blessing would come through if you honored it. He said uh, that I'm going to command a blessing. I'm going to command a blessing. And when you follow this, that in year six, you are going to have a harvest so big and so plentiful that you're not going to just be eating it in year seven, but you're going to eat it all of year eight. And in fact, in year nine, when you're planting, you're still going to have leftover from year six because I'm going to command my blessing and it's going to bless you far out beyond what you need. But do you trust me? See, Israel was to do this as a radical demonstration that the land belonged to God and not to them. So again, imagine doing that today. Every seven years, you just took it off, right? You didn't plant, you didn't harvest, uh, you just trusted God that he was going to take care of us. So that's what we need to know going into now, we're going to talk year Jubilee, all right? You ready? So we're going to look at verse 8 in Leviticus chapter 25. It says this, count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. You guys tracking with the math on that? Seven Sabbath years, seven times seven, 49, right? It says, then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month, which is on the day of atonement. Sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. 
The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the unintended vines. For it is a jubilee and it will be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. All right. So, did you, did you follow the math on it? It's a little complicated, but just stay with me here, all right? So you've got every seven years you're supposed to take a Sabbath. And you do seven Sabbath years. That puts you up to year 49. So imagine uh, year one was 2001, right? In 2007, take a year off. Work another six years, 2014, take a year off. 21, 28, 35, until 2049 is your Sabbath year. And then 2050 would be a year that we would call Jubilee, right? Jubilee was like another Sabbath year where you, you take the year off, you trust God, and, and in that, the year of the Lord's favor, it says it would be marked by the blowing of a trumpet. So you're supposed to, they had, for trumpets, they had ram's horns back then, and they would go out, and all over the land, on the Day of Atonement, they would blow the ram's horn, you know, they would give a long blast, a long sound, the word jubilee actually comes from ram's horn, and uh, they would, they would blow, blow the, the trumpet, they would blow the trumpet, and that was the signal for the year of jubilee to start, for the year of jubilee to begin. And what was amazing about it is that... Uh, what would happen is you would get your land back. So in the last 50 years, if you had you know, sold the family farm uh, because you couldn't quite make the payments or you had uh, gotten rid of it or moved away, you got to go back home scot-free. You didn't have to make any payments. You didn't have to do anything like that. You would repossess the land that you inherited. Uh, on top of that, during that time, if you had uh, gotten into some real trouble Maybe you had uh, sold yourself or you were indebted. You became an indentured servant during that time. Uh, at that point, all of your debts were immediately set free and clear. And, and you got to have your freedom again. And you got to go, again, back to your homeland. You got to be reunited uh, with your family. So, I mean, this was a year of celebration. This, this was a year of homecoming. This was an exciting time. Can you imagine a year of jubilee today? I mean, imagine that. Imagine uh, going back to maybe your childhood home. Anybody ever done that before? Right? You, you go back to the place where you grew up at. Maybe you sold it a long time ago or your parents sold it a long time ago. So you, you go over there and you're just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. They made that choice. Uh, we, we did that to our house. The, I mean, we've done it several times now because we used to have a house, uh, another house in Aberdeen. So we drive by and like, oh, they put up a fence. Okay. You know, you don't want to get too close to that one, but you're just, you know, kind of curious. How, how are the next people taking care of it? And so maybe you've gone in there, maybe you've even been brave enough to knock on the door and be like, hey, I grew up here, could I just peek around? You know, and, and, but how exciting would this be to get to go back? You know, maybe you, you lost the family farm or something like that, but on this every 50 years, so you'd maybe experience one or two in a lifetime, this homecoming, this, this great reunion. Uh, where you get to see family again. Maybe you've been scattered all around, but now all of a sudden the family's all back together, like this glorious family reunion. Uh, I picture it similar uh, as we heard from Steve and Linda earlier. For three and a half years, they've been shut out. They've been locked out from the people they've been ministering to and, and how just great a day it was when they got to go and, and hug the people and, and, and cry with the people and, and, and just get to see people they hadn't seen in so long. 
because COVID shut everything down. It was a homecoming. I mean, this year of Jubilee was, was an exciting deal. And it all started on the Day of Atonement. It didn't start on day one. It started on the uh, 10th day of the seventh month. Because that was, the Day of Atonement was a day where they would come and they would make a sacrifice for all of Israel for the forgiveness of sins. And that was the day that kicked off this year of Jubilee. So why on earth is all this stuff important? You guys are probably like, what are we talking about today? I'm, I'm lost. Uh, so let me, let me tell you this. How does that relate to us today? How does this relate to the year of the Lord's favor? You see, what was set up in the Old Testament, what was set up uh, when, when God commanded Moses on this, these mountains, when he set up the year of Jubilee, it was a foreshadowing of what was to come because there was more to happen. In fact, Hebrews 10.1 says this, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. It says the law is a shadow. All, all the law that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai, everything he set up, all the holidays, all the sacrifices, uh, all the dimensions for, for the, the temple, the tabernacle, all these different things, they are a shadow of what is to come. Now, we know about shadows, right? You can see, if you've got a good enough vantage point, there's a shadow of the pulpit right here, right? This shadow is not tangible. You know, it's not, it's not the thing. It's just a 2D image of the thing. This is the substance, right? This is the thing, the, the thing that the reality, the shadow is just a wonky image of what the real thing is. And so it says that the law, that all these different things are a shadow of what's to come. So when we look at the tabernacle that they set up, the temple that they built, uh, Hebrews chapter 8 says, the priests serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This sacrificial system that was, that was set up was just a shadow. It was setting us up for the next sacrifice that was going to happen. Uh, when Jesus made an incredible sacrifice, how we worship God. How we, how we bring him uh, our sacrifice of praise today, uh, it, that was a shadow back then. But today we can experience the reality of worshiping God. All the holidays and holy days and celebration, they were a shadow of what was to come. So the year of Jubilee was a shadow of what Jesus was going to declare in this moment in Luke 4. So again, looking back at Luke 4, he rolls up the scroll. And it says in verse 20, Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today. So when he declares the year of the Lord's favor, he was saying, You guys have heard of the year of Jubilee. But let me tell you what, that was just a shadow. Today is the day it gets fulfilled. Today is a new season. Today is a new season of God's favor in your life. And you're going to experience not just the shadow of it, but the substance of God's favor. You're going to experience it in a new and a powerful way that you have never experienced before. He says, today is that day. All things are going to be made new. Things are going to start shaking in the heavenlies. And you're going to see what we have been prophesying about all of these years. The reality of that has now come. Today is the day of the Lord's favor. This is the year. This is the season. So we look at all those things in the year of Jubilee. It said it started with the Day of Atonement, right? That was just a shadow. 
That was just a shadow. Because uh, Hebrews 10.4 tells us that it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That back then, their whole sacrificial system, you know, it was nice, but it didn't really work. But it set us up for what was to come. You see, the Day of Atonement uh, was a shadow. But Good Friday, when Jesus went to the cross and he, he died for our sins, that was the substance. That was the reality. That's what we were waiting for. That's, that's what it was foreshadowing. It was Jesus becoming the ultimate sacrifice for us. And we know that Jesus has the power to forgive sins. In fact, 1 Peter 3.18 tells us, For Christ also suffered, for our, our suffered once for sins, the righteousness for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. See, Jesus, when he died on that cross, he died once and for all. So we don't have to go make sacrifices in the temple anymore. We don't have to go off the old system. He has ushered in a new system where he became the ultimate sacrifice. That was the new day of atonement. That was the, the Good Friday was ushering in this new season of jubilee, this new season of the Lord's favor. But this season is just beginning. It's not just a one-year stretch because uh, the next thing that we see in order, right, you've got the Day of Atonement, which is our Good Friday, but the next thing that we hear is the trumpets blow, right? Anybody know of a place where the trumpets blow in the Bible? 1 Corinthians 15, 52 says, in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. How many are waiting for the trumpet to sound? right? We are waiting for the day. We are looking forward for, for jubilee to be declared across this land, that the trumpets will sound, right? And, and everything will be different. That when, when that happens, think of all the things that are triggered in that moment when Jesus comes back in all of his glory and all of his power. He says he's been preparing a place for us, our homeland. First Peter tells us that we are aliens and strangers to this world. But one day we get to go back home. We get to go back to heaven. We get to go back to a place that God is preparing us. The place that, that happened before the curse, right? Before that we allowed sin to enter our lives. We get to go back to a place that is perfect. A place that, that, that God always intended us to be with him. And we make that choice and we get to experience heaven. We get to experience uh, the land that God has promised to us. We get to experience a place where people are set free right? Where they are set free from everything that holds us captive, uh, sin and death that creep in, that we no longer are, are subject to, right? So all of this year of Jubilee was just a shadow because heaven is the substance. Heaven is the place that we get to go and talk about a reunion with family. I mean, heaven is going to be a great reunion where we come together and we get to see all of our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, from all of the years. You know, think of the, the people who have passed on ahead of you. It says the dead will, will rise, imperishable, and we will be changed. We'll be new. We won't be subject uh, to the, the pains of our physical bodies any longer. Health will be restored. Relationships restored. In the book of Revelation uh, John, one of Jesus' disciples, has a vision of what it will be like in the end times, in this season. And he writes this view of heaven in Revelation chapter 21. Verse 1, it says this, Then I saw a new heaven 
and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Man, we're looking forward to that day. This year of God's favor, he's changed everything through the sacrifice that he made on the cross, through that day of atonement, through Good Friday, everything changed for us. Now we no longer have to live under the captivity of sin, but God wants to set us free and set us back to our homeland. Send us back heavenward. I mean, when I read this, I, I get the picture of, you know, Genesis chapter 1 and 2, the Garden of Eden, right, where everything was perfect. In fact, in Revelation 22, it talks about the tree of life will be there, right, just like it was in the garden, where we got to literally walk with God. Adam and Eve got to walk with God. They got to experience his, his presence, And we look forward to that day where we get to go back to our homeland, back to the place that God has created us uh, to be and to choose to spend time with him. It says there's going to be no more death, no more mourning, no more weeping, no more pain, no more curse, even no more night because Jesus is the light of the world and he's going to be there 24-7. We get to experience the full presence of God. So think about all those things that that right now we're held captive by. We're held captive right now by death. We we can't escape it. You know, everybody's destined to die. But we'll no longer have that in heaven. We'll have eternal life with Jesus. No more sorrow, no more weeping, no more pain. Man, we look forward to that day. No more pain. Uh, Jesus is going to set us free once and for all, free completely, just like the year of Jubilee, just like it. So this is great news today. This is exciting stuff. But let me tell you one sad thing about all of this. Again, the year of Jubilee, it's a shadow. Heaven is the reality. But the year of Jubilee had some stipulations. It only applied to the people of God. It only applied to the people of God. It didn't apply to the people who were foreigners in the land, but it only applied to the people of God. So that meant uh, the year of Jubilee was probably not a happy thing for the foreigners living in Israel. Uh, They had to give up property, maybe that they had rightfully bought uh, from the people of God, and, and so they got the boot, right? They didn't get out of freedom from their servanthood or anything like that. They had to stay in that because they weren't part of the people of God. And so if that's the shadow, let's look at the reality of that today. In the same way, heaven is only for the people of God. The people who have said, I make that commitment that I'm going to make you my Lord and my Savior. So people who are following God, this this is great news. 
Heaven is great news, but for those who don't follow Jesus, for those who have made themselves their God or have chosen to follow other gods, this is not good news because heaven's not their home, at least not yet. But we have the opportunity, right? This is Missions Month. We have the opportunity to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and let people know that, hey, there's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. There's only one way to salvation, and we've got the greatest news. And let me tell you what, it's going to be a homecoming that you will never forget, that, that we are going to come together, that you're going to have freedom like you've never experienced. We can experience it in part on earth right now. We can have freedom from sin. We, we can experience new life. We can experience all this blessing, but this is just part of the, this is just like the appetizer to the year of jubilee that's going on in heaven. We get to experience in its fullness in the years to come when we hear that trumpet blow, right? And, and, and God calls us heavenward. We look forward to that day. Worship team, if you'd come. So church, we've got a great mission today. We've got a great mission. We need to proclaim this, this year of the Lord's favor to everyone that we see, to let everyone know of the freedom that comes through following Jesus. And I'm just so thankful. And I'm longing for that day. Uh, we're going to sing the song Holy Forever again. This idea that when we get to heaven, uh, I mean, the angels, we get to join with the angels singing holy, holy, holy. Right? That, that forever. That concept of never ending. We are eternal beings. That when we die, our, our soul has two places to go. Either we go to heaven because we follow Jesus, or we go to hell because we've got to pay for the sins that we committed. There's no other options. We don't just cease to exist, right? We don't uh, go into like a waiting period where we, you know, determine. We, we can't change our minds after we die. We, we've got one life, and we've got to make one choice with it. Will we follow Jesus? There's no other way into heaven, no other name by which we will be saved, but only through Jesus. So that's why we need to tell the world. That's why we need to tell the 3.4 billion people who have never heard the name of Jesus, who have never heard an adequate presentation of the gospel. That's why we're going to continue to send workers across this globe uh, to begin to share the good news with unreached people groups everywhere. Because we want to see as many people in heaven as possible. It's going to be a glorious day. Church, we've got a great mission. We've got a great mission. And we've got more to go. So would you stand with me? I want to pray and then the worship team is, is going to lead us today. Again, just, just a reminder, just a glimpse of heaven, of what it's going to be like as we stand and we give praise to God. We give praise to our King, praise to our Savior. And we ask for His favor today. Jesus, Lord, thank you that you looked on favor with us. Thank you that we can know you. God, if there's anyone in this place today who, who's never experienced that, today is the day. It, it's as simple as it's just saying an honest prayer from our heart. God, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I've made mistakes. Lord, I need a Savior. Would you forgive me? I believe that you died and that you rose again. I want to make you the Lord of my life. I believe that as people pray that prayer, that they're going to experience a freedom like they've never experienced before. They're going to experience your presence like they've never experienced before. They're going to experience your favor 
unlike ever before. So Lord, I pray that you would move in hearts and lives in this place. Lord, for those of us who have accepted you, God, may, may this challenge to go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation, to declare, to proclaim as you did, the year of Jubilee, the year of the Lord's favor. God, give us wisdom. Show us the people who need to hear it today. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this together.
together and we just cry out holy 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 Jesus we thank you God thank you that we can experience heaven here on earth while we're waiting for the trumpets to blast the trumpets to blow all across this world so Lord I, I pray that you would guide us God that you would show us who we can proclaim the year of the Lord to the year of the Lord's favor we're living in it right now you have come. You have made the sacrifice. Uh, and and now, we, now we wait. We anxiously await for the fullness of your favor. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your freedom. God, may we walk out of this place in freedom today. Enjoy what you've done in our lives. And God, may others experience that around us as well as we tell them the good news. So we thank you. God, be with our missionaries all across this globe today that you would bless them, that you'd use them. Again, that you would call more laborers into the field. Uh, Lord, that, that your glory would be proclaimed across all this earth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Uh, if this is your first time picking up kids, again, we've, you can pick up early childhood kids over there, uh, elementary kids over in the kids zone at the foot of the stairs. So thank you for coming. Uh, we will see you next week.